and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 51, and as per usual, my name is Ingram Noble, and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week, I am joined by an amazingly talented actor who we all know and love as one of our favourite basketball coaches. Please welcome to the podcast, Bart Johnson. Drama School Dropout no graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Fucked your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. Hello. Hey, nice to meet a fellow drama school dropout. Oh, are you, are you, are you part of the team? <laughs> yes, I am. I mean, I I'm am. back at drama school now, but I'll forever be a, I'll forever be a dropout. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I was in traditional college and and doing theater in college at the same time and, and trying to juggle it's hard, you know, with a, oh. a tough theater schedule. And and one night coming home from theater, a, a late rehearsal, I fell asleep. I rolled my car. I still have a, a, a scar on my elbow. Let's, let me just bust this out here. It's not, it's nothing. I'm proud of that one. But that was the <laughs> moment of like, okay, let's go to Hollywood. Yeah. Let's just do this full time. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm struggling at the moment with my time. I'm three days a week at drama school and then I'm doing a podcast I'm directing and producing a play I'm like trying to keep up a social life and then trying to eat at the same time <laughs> I'm just managing to make it work kudos to you for doing all that because I think that's what it takes you know just go deep and do as much as you can and work hard and see where it takes you I started the minor commitments like the podcast and the play before I knew I was going back to drama school and then I got accepted okay. it's like <laughs> Oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I like to ask everyone uh, that comes on the podcast is, how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? And it doesn't have to be professional. It can be school, anything. Well, my first role ever. So so my mom was a hairstylist in yep. the movies. So when I was a little kid, she did Mork and Mindy and Brady Bunch, Charlie's Angels, like all these kind of iconic 80s health. Basically, I was around it and I observed it ever since a little age or a young age. And then when I was in high school, I was in a small school where you could do sports and you can do theater and choir, every, you could do everything. And so I was, uh, I did the plays and I was doing um, West Side Story and I played action and action got to sing the song Officer Crumpke. And I had so much fun with that song and the choreography and like all my buddies were in the play and all the buddies I did sports with were here on stage dance with me. It's just like, we had such a blast. And there's a guy, uh, one of the dads, um, that w- he didn't even have a kid in the in the show. He was just someone that supported the community. Uh, Alan Booth is his name. <laughs> he came up to me backstage and said, hey, you could do this. You could do this for an occupation. And I thought, well, that was out of the blue. That's so, <laughs> so odd. And it just, you know, I didn't think that much of it. I was like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool. I had no intention at that time. But it's always, always kind of like crept around the back of my head. And then when I was about 20 years old, I went to go visit my mom on the set of Newsies. If you know the musical Newsies, the Disney yeah. movie with Christian Bale and and uh, I would Dave sing Boston Now is the Time to Seize the Day, but I can't sing. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good song. <laughs> so I went and visited that um, set and became friends with those people and became really good friends with Ellie Keats. And um, and I got to kind of see her lifestyle. She was a kid, you know, she was like, I don't even know. She must have been like 18, 19 years yeah. old. And she had a career and she was living on her own. And she had a cool house up on the Hollywood Hills. And I'm like, 
this is uh this is pretty cool like the lifestyle yeah. and everything and being on set and how do i get me one of these how do i get me one of these how do i get one of these <laughs> hang on now yeah that was pretty good that was pretty good but then i went back to college and it never got out of my head like that's you know being on the set is just man some people i guess they don't get it but for me when i'm on set it's just electricity man it's so much yeah. fun even the most mundane things on set it's just I find so fascinating and, and so enjoyable. And then a musical on top of it, it's like a big show. And it's just, it's the, it's the greatest. And I just, yeah. I can never get away from that feeling. Best feeling in the world. I want to actually skip forward to a question I wanted to talk to you about, because you've just mentioned something that sort of relates there about you and all of your friends being in the play and things. So obviously we all know you mostly from High School Musical, where there was sort of a bit of, I like to call it a tos toxic masculinity um, thing of, no, you can't go and do drama. Like you can't, you're, you're football, you're, you're a basketballer, you're a footballer. You can't go and do that. And I was talking to somebody about this not long ago and it was a two second conversation. Is the that sort of toxic masculinity vibe in America? Because I know it's present in Britain because I remember sitting and you know, in school when you choose what classes you're gonna take and what exams you're gonna take. I remember my dad was sitting there and I was like, well, I want to do drama. I don't want him to know that I'm doing drama because it's not a laddish subject. I mean, in the end up, I took drama. I didn't really care. But is that sort of because I found that quite a lot that especially boys in Britain are sort of scared of the preconceptions of what they're going to be called because they're going to a play. And obviously that's a big part of sort of Troy's journey in High School Musical, which is sort of me properly deeply analysing High School Musical. I don't think it runs that deep. But is that sort of toxic masculinity present within theatrical society in America in schools? Okay, great question. And, Long and by the way, question. I, 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 get some, I get some really deep questions like this about the movie where I have to look back and go, wow, man, this is, you know, going deep on just a you know like you could write it off as like a simple disney channel movie yeah but but the themes are not they're really not and and no. i attribute kenny kenny ortega our director i worship a around he walks on. He's, a, he's a dear friend of mine i love him to pieces and the amount of thought and care he puts into the characters and the story and the music and the dialogue and the lyrics every single thing gives it meaning you know it really does and so it's it is there are important themes of this movie i mean i i mean not to get too corny but the fact that we've got such like an inclusive message in the movie of we're all in this yeah. together and during this pandemic when it's affected every single person on the planet has felt the same quarter, uh, sort of stress and anxiety and to know like we've gone through some horrible stuff but man what a beautiful thing that we're all connected yeah you know, we're all we're all connected we all just feel love for each other. I mean, I felt love for every single person on every corner of this planet, you know, cause we're all struggling and we're all having a hard time. And, and to, to be able to have this movie where the overall, if there was a single theme in the movie, it's we're all in this together. Yeah. We are all in this together, man. I just, I love it. I think it's a beautiful mm. thing. Now getting back to your question. So the thing I love most about the movie is that usually when you play a part like this in a movie, you either play the supportive dad or you play the hard nosed coach. And, for me, this was my biggest draw to doing this movie was, was uh, I get to do both. So for me, I had this juggle. So I had to, um, I put a lot of thought into, into care. I'm a, I'm a parent and I, I have three kids 
And I put thought into these kind of these conversations I'm having with my son and my son comes to me, you know, so I tried not to make it one dimensional. You know, I tried to make my character think about things and have a, <laughs> have a conflict. And, and, you know, it's, it's a, uh, so for me, it wasn't just about maybe on the surface, it looked like, Hey, I'm a basketball guy. You got to be a basketball guy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, that's what, that's what guys do. I, I didn't, that's not what was going on inside me. Yeah. What, what was going on inside me was like, Hey, we you've expressed to me for decades, how much you love this and how, what a passion you have for this. And this is your career. And I'm help. I want to help you become the best at what you want, what your passion. Now, the fact that it happens to be the same passion that I have, that's beautiful, man. Oh, nice. I, I love that. That's great. So when he comes along as, as uh, want to do the musical, it's to me as, as coach Bolton here, it wasn't like, Oh, that's, that's silly. That's not what, that's not what a dude does. I, that's not what was going through yeah. my heart. Like I was, I was like, what's this is like this is just a this is a passing fad this is like something that there's like dangling something shiny in front of your face like okay yeah there's two girls oh, come on hey hey that's not uh, and and you know it's funny as there's a bit of uh get your head in the game yeah come on man get the head <laughs> in the game. so uh there's a, there's a bit of um i'm gonna have to start a counter for how many um high school musical lyric references i make throughout <laughs> this. we just sprinkle them in there for everybody <laughs> <laughs> your listeners i'm sure know all of them too that's what's so, so awesome so fun but i think the toxic toxic masculinity thing as well and at the end we sort of see yeah his friends are like why why are you fucking us off to go and do this musical where like we're in this and then at the end it's all fine which is what happened to me i was like i don't want to be doing drama because it's not a laddish subject and then like nobody batted an eyelid anyway right right yeah there, there's probably some you know insecurities that we all have i, I guess inside but i don't know i it, it seems like to me that this day and age like it's so kind of hip and cool to be in the arts anyway yeah but it's like it's a it's a really cool thing. And uh, I grew up in, I was born in Hollywood and raised in Los Angeles. And I lived in a little tiny hick town in high school with a bunch of like rednecks. And it's like, you definitely see that like, well, you're gonna be up on stage singing and dancing. You know, it's like, I, so I see it. I've experienced it. I was bullied a lot in school. I gained 90 pounds after I graduated from high school. So everybody, I'm six, four and I weigh 240 now. So everybody thinks like, oh, you play football. Yeah. You're a football guy. I'm like, no, man, I was a, I was a punching bag in high school. I got beat up all the time by the by by the Wasatch High School state uh, uh, wrestling champs. You know, so um, yeah. I you know I definitely um, experienced it. I was on the receiving end of that a lot, which is funny now because now I play the bully and I play the hard nosed guy. And people are like I knew I knew so I knew I knew guys like you in high school. I'm like no, no, you didn't. No, this is not, <laughs> not me at all. But anyway, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I'm probably not answering your questions at all. But uh, I mean, I think I may be like going too deep into high. Do we really need to go too deep into high school musical? <laughs> hey, you know what, though? I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you know, I would say like young people have like real emotions, you know, like these. I can't tell you how many people have expressed to me through social media or in person of like what an impression this movie made on them. Oh, it changed then, my life. And then realizing change their life or, or just feeling good about themselves or feeling okay and it's like well it was deep enough for them to make you know to make the impression and, and they felt loved and they felt it was okay to try something you know stick to the status quo and to you know <laughs> to try something new and breaking free and like all this stuff and it's like you know at the end of the day people are getting out of their comfort zone and trying something new and they're and they're being rewarded and finding like a really positive experience for it so I hope that's the message everybody feels. I think I was eight when High School Musical came out and so I've known life with High School Musical longer than I've known 
it without. And my last ever school uh, show in secondary school, which is like your high school, was High School Musical. I played Ryan. It's been oh, cool. massive. I can't sing, so I don't know why I was given that part, but I don't know. <laughs> high School Musical has been a massive part of my life. But we're going to rewind because we're going to come to High School Musical in a minute. So um, we're going to pretend that this hasn't already been brought up. Your mom was a hairstylist for TV <laughs> and... <laughs> You grew up on the sets of like the Brady Bunch, Mindy and Mo- Mork and Mindy, wrong way, and Charlie's Angels. They're iconic TV shows. What was that like? And do you have a perspective of how lucky you were now to grow up in that sort of environment? I, I do. I do. I remember um, I, I remember it all very well. You know, I remember how Robin Williams treated me. You know, he was so sweet to me. I was just, a, you know, it's just a little kid. And um, he would always, you know, do his nanu nanu and his handshake with us and wearing his red outfit and it's like it's, you know i didn't think anything of at the time other than like this is a really cool guy he's making mm-hmm. me you know making me laugh and then uh the first time i ever felt embarrassed was uh going into the trailer uh, farrah Fox's trailer when she was <laughs> like in a nightgown and i was like a little kid and i was like they're like oh, he's a little kid doesn't matter bring him in i was like why do i feel funny <laughs> so i got i got exposed to all these really cool things and had a, had a lot of really really great experiences but it was um yeah, I was just a kid in the corner of the, in the makeup chair, just kind of watching it all. And it was, that's pretty fun. It's pretty, there's some, you know, some really great movies. A lot of Mel Gibson movies, John Travolta movies, and a lot of, you know, other movies kind of growing up. But um, yeah, pretty much my whole life. And now I want to ask you one of my favorite questions. And I actually asked all of my new classmates in drama school this the other day, because it's one of my, I just love it. It gives me a real insight into who people love as actors. If you were booked in the West End or Broadway, you can pick to do a one month show, a one month, two person show. And with no financial restraints, you can pick anyone in the world to be your co-star. Who would you pick? Oh, geez. Uh, Hugh Jackman is the first guy that came to, to mind. I don't know why. I think he's a terrific guy. I had dinner with him once, like he was amazing, like doing something for Baz Luhrmann would be really probably my first choice. That's probably who I guess. Yeah. So then uh, when I was doing my research, or as I like to call it, legal stalking, um, I, I don't know how true this will be. So originally you were studying pre-med at the University of Utah. Yeah, that's all kind of, yeah, I was studying pre-med, I, but I, I kind of quit pretty, pretty early on. And then you transferred to Yale's drama program? Nope, that is not true. Wikipedia, you are wrong. I've, you know, and I've tried, I talked to, it used to be on my IMDb page. And I, uh, I was at Sundance Film Festival one year and I met the two guys that, that owned IMDb. They created, they owned it. I think they've sold it since then. But um, I saw them at Sundance. I go, oh my gosh, you guys, please, can you help me out? There's something on there. And I was telling them about, you know, I was going to tell them about this credit. And they're like, no, no, no. Look, man, we get death threats. We already know what it is. And I'm like, you what do you mean you know what it is? There's like, it's one of two things. It's either you want us to take off your age or you did uh, some adult film and you want to take that. I'm like, no, 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 no. It says I went to Yale, but I didn't go to Yale. But, you know, it's on there. So there's been worse rumors about it. I was going to say, going to Yale isn't like, a, I wouldn't be that bothered. Like, I would probably let people believe that. Where did you go to drama school? Um, so I kind of like popped around uh, several different schools and like really like, I don't really have, anything to say about like any of the drama schools like uh, my drama training was really was first with Gene Bua then it was with Ernie Lively my father-in-law and that's where I like met all my best friends where I met my wife Robin like that was uh, Blake Lively was in the class that's a new revelation that's just came out isn't it like I I was um 
because uh, I was doing my research for this, and the amount of people that are so shocked that your sister-in-law is Blake Lively. And I'm like, did people not know this? Because I put two and two together years ago. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's funny because uh, uh, Blake posts her her sister Robin on Instagram all the time. And that's my wife. And then Blake posts me on her Instagram, like on her birth on the birthday. Like I'm on a, like, like I'm like five pictures down on her Instagram right yeah. now. I think I just saw just the other day. I'm like, and people are still like, what? 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 I'm like, like, well, okay. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there was like a lot of articles that it's like, you'll never guess who coach Bolton is related to. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I probably yeah. will. Um, yeah. But the only reason that I really ask about drama school, and these are my favorite things in the world, do you have any funny, crazy drama school stories? Because we've all been in these rooms. We know that weird shit goes down in them. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so I studied with Howard Fine. No, Howard Fine and Harry Master George and Ivana Chubbuck was like really where I spent. I- Ivana Chubbuck was really where I spent most of my yeah. time. And um, yeah, there's some crazy stuff that went down there. For sure, because it was. Geez, I don't know. I, I'm nothing. Nothing. Sto- those stories come to my. You don't have to name any names or anything. You don't have to get anyone in trouble. <laughs> there was a lot of famous people there. <laughs> I remember. Uh, oh man, I remember Hugh Hefner showing up at his limo and like bringing his girls up to the acting class. And be like, what is, what is happening? <laughs> Uh, but they all want to be they all want to be actors, and yeah. so they go because she once won some people some Oscars, and they they mentioned her name in the in the Oscar speeches, and and like when Halle Berry won for Monster, she thanked Ivana Chubbuck, and it's you know so that's happened a couple times, and then then all the all the really like kind of rich, interesting people that really want to be movie stars, they like seek her out, and they like come to our Thursday night master class at Ivana Chubbuck. So it was uh, so basically was she's too expensive of- for me to go and learn. <laughs> <laughs> you should come in you should come come check her out it's awesome do not tempt me to book a flight to la because i'm probably this close already <laughs> um so yeah drama school stories are one of my favorite things hello and welcome back to another segment of this is where we update you as per usual you all know my name by now i'm ingram noble and I'm Heather Spiden. But you all know who she is anyway. And um, we're back again. Or you should by now. <laughs> <laughs> we're back again. It's October, for fuck's sake. The year Spooky is literally... Season. Oh, Here honestly. Comes Halloween. Here comes Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial opinion. I can't wait until um, midnight on the 31st of October. Because I am a Christmas bitch. I'm a Halloween bitch. Oh, I am 110% a Christmas bitch. But where the fuck is the year gone? I know. I know. Genuinely. Genuinely, I know. Where is the year gone? We've been up. We've done quite a few. Um, we've been up to a few bits this month. I don't know where I was going. I with know. That. <laughs> we've been up where, who, what? I know. We've had a busy. We've, we've been up, not sleeping. We've had a busy old month of it. Oh, it's been absolutely mental. Um, so, sh- should we talk about, first of all, the fact that. I now hate painting. Oh my God, you have no idea how much I hate painting. At least you can do it. <laughs> Jesus, I hate it so much. So um, without giving too much away for spoilers, obviously, because I, I think it's going to look amazing and I genuinely can't wait to see it for um, like when it's all up and done and I don't want to tell anyone about it. We had to go mm-hmm. on a little day trip the other day to Ikea. Yeah, it was fun. We bought some things and we then had to paint them. Yep. We spent all of Sunday sat on your living room floor painting, crying. <laughs> I was throwing some shit around the place. Oh, 
seeing how much I hated this. <laughs> like genuinely, and I, I currently in my kitchen have the things that we painted all wrapped up because I have absolutely no idea where I'm going to put them. I know, and they're not the smallest as well. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll maybe by the next update, we'll know we'll know what we're doing with yeah. those. But yeah, See, we got... this is the joys of low-budget do-it-yourself play. You've got to make your props yourself, your set yourself. And a lot of it has been fun. Don't get me wrong, it was nice hanging out, but if I never see a paintbrush and see <laughs> acrylic paint ever again, it's too soon. Oh, I fucking hate painting. Like, big shout out. Your, you were pretty good at it. Your roommate, Anna, she owns um a paint, like, she paints glass and things. It's called That's Pure You want to follow Insta. her? That, Check um, it out. That, that's Pure... Uh, wait, we're going to plug her because we love yeah, her. If you want her. to follow her on Instagram, it's at That's Pure Glass. <laughs> you should check it out. <laughs> Um, she also sang the the theme tune to this. Um, yes, she did. The, I forgot what this is a podcast. I forgot the word. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yes, yeah, so, so check out Anna. But like the things that she paints take hours, man, and and they're so intricate. Like I mean, it took us hours. <laughs> I know for what we were doing, it shouldn't have taken that long. She puts together a proper thing on glass as well. She paints on glass. Yeah, it takes her hours. And she's at the end, she's got these beautiful paintings. We sat for probably the same length of time, maybe even more. And the finishing result is tragic. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> tragic. Um, so yeah, we've been painting, we hate painting, we've been buying props. I am um, my eBay purchases. Oh, let's talk about my eBay purchases. Um, we've spoke about this before, how we've had a fake pregnancy bump on eBay, dummy phones. Mm. What was the other thing? A Charles and Diana commemorative plate. And now yeah. we can add a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey and underwear that make you look naked. I mean, what else really is like, eBay for? <laughs> the people at eBay are going to be like, what the fuck is this boy doing? I know, but it's so okay. There's everyone's hints for the show. If I didn't know, if I didn't know what this play was about, I would be so, so confused. Do you know what? I, like, I actually think it sums it up pretty well. No, it does. It so does. But if this is my first time hearing about it, I'd be afraid. <laughs> but curious enough to come. So yeah. come along. Come and get your tickets because, uh, and this is like majorly, we just found this out literally yesterday. We are now a third of the way sold out. I know, so thank you so much. Thank you, yes. thank, you thank you so much to everyone who's bought tickets, but we still have two thirds to go. Yes, we need to book Wait, some tickets. Right? Yeah, two yeah, thirds. Two thirds. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, maths. We, we directors, <laughs> not mathematicians. Yeah. Oh, no, like genuinely, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. But all I want is it for it to sell out. I know, and I think we'll get there too. I mean, I think we will. Second day incoming. We would say I love for all our friends and family to go, but I'd love so much for people I don't know to come. Yes. Just people that miss theatre in general and just want to come mm -hmm. see a show. I would love to see a bunch of strangers out there like, yep, we thought we'd come and check it out. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, so with that like being said, we've got a little surprise, um, little advertisement for the show. So if you've been following our social media that you'll know that um, some of the people that I've had on the podcast, like Susan Nixon, has read the play and gave us a little publicity quote. And so here is one that hasn't been announced yet. So we're going to read it to you and I'm going to tell you where to get tickets. Um, so Parry Glasspool, one of my friends who played Harry Thompson in 
Hollyoaks, who was on the podcast months ago now, read the play and here's what he thought of it. I'm just going to read it. We don't have voice notes or anything. I'm not that posh. But the graphic is now on the Insta. <laughs> a rip-roaring off-the-wall comedy with a deep gut punch of an ending. So that is from Parry Glasspool, who played Harry Thompson in Hollyoaks. Heather, now you can tell everyone the important thing. Where does Where can everyone get tickets? Okay, so you can get tickets for our show online at www.websterglasgow.com. It's dead good value for money. It's a tenner a ticket and there's a one pound fifty booking fee, but it's genuinely going to be such a great night. And we've had such a busy month this month because we had to um, we had to recast a part. The one of the main parts. Um, Recast. So, yeah, we have been watching auditions. We've been getting auditions and we finally, finally found the perfect replacement. So. We are going to be having a Zoom meeting with her at some point in like the next couple of weeks just to get to know her. And then the next time we put one of these out, Heather, we're going to be so close to, to the table read. To the table read. Like, I know. So buzzing. So I what know. has been your highlight of the month? Highlight of the month? Oh, God, there's actually been so many. I'll tell you what my least favourite is. The bloody painting on your floor. <laughs> anyway... Fuck Do you know what? The highlight of the month was finding our new main character because it was sad to see the other ones go, but then it's a little bit stressful because we need we you know we need we need her. Yeah. So finding that one, looking for the additions, and then going boom, there she is. That I think was my favorite. I love her. I think that's all we've really got to update you on. Yeah, that's it. Have that's you got anything? Mental breakdown no, aside? Oh, every day. Every single day. <laughs> um, I don't have enough time to talk about that. Oh, uh, yeah, me neither. This is just a segment. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, you only but, want me for 10 minutes these days. <laughs> I know, but this hasn't been 10 minutes. <laughs> I know, I, I can feel it. But you know what? It's fine. So also, have a we're, we're bloody there. As everyone's listening to this, it's less than six months till our play. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so bloody buzzing. And remember, um, you can all come and get tickets, and you can all come and see the bloody show. And then, um, should we should we tease a little something, Heather? It depends what we're teasing. And if you're not local to the Glasgow area, and you're local to the Britain area, you may be able to come and see the show very very soon <laughs> too. By taking a bus. Okay. <laughs> to <Gla> no. <laughs> um. More details on that coming soon. Um, yeah. But hopefully everyone in the UK is going to be able to enjoy it. Um, and Heather, spot Consider test, where can everyone please. get tickets for This Is Where We Get Off okay. on the 21st of April 2022? I know this. You can get tickets at www.webstressglasgow.com. Yes! <laughs> Woo, I finally know the website. Like, <laughs> it's only been months. months. <laughs> um, so yeah, Heather, I, I'm, we're going to jump back into the conversation with me and Bart Johnson right now. How mental is that? Troy Bolton from High School Musical's dad. <laughs> I know. So like That's what? crazy. I've got one last question, Heather. Okay. What team? Wildcats! Get your head in the game! Get your head in the game! <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much and I can't wait to see you again in person oh, soon. Thank you for having me again. Thank oh, you, you so much. I mean, nobody else wanted to do it. Oh. <laughs> nobody okay. else wanted to write a play with me. Oh, that's okay. Nobody deals with my bullshit as well as you do. Oh, that's so true, but it's okay. <laughs> So we will um we'll be back again next month, everyone. Um and once again we've updated you. Bye!
Bye. But now, now I do want to talk about High School Musical properly. How did you get the role? Okay, so I knew Kenny Ortega from Newsies from back in the day. Yeah. And he's just was has been a friend for, geez, how many years between Newsies and High School Musical? 15 years or something like that. So he was um, always really supportive of my career. And he watched, you know, I was on a TV series for Warner Brothers. And he was very supportive of that. Or like anytime I had like a good role in a movie or a TV show, he would watch. And so um, he was always very complimentary. But, you know, my work or whatever else. And so one day I hadn't heard from him for probably a year or two. And out of the blue, I get a phone call from Kenny that says, hey, listen, because he was doing these big movies, right? He did Newsies, which was a huge musical for Disney. Then he did Hocus Pocus, another big, huge musical. And then um, and so this seemed like very kind of small, like like almost like a pet project for him. But I know Kenny Ortega. Like, what's that? what you do and doing this one when you've just came with work. Well, no, not so much that. I just, I, I actually, my instinct was he's going to make whatever, whatever it is, whatever size. I know Kenny, like he'll put his heart and soul into it. You know, he really yeah. cares a great deal, regardless of budget or money or, you know, salary, nothing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's free or if it's, you know, the biggest project he's ever had, Like hmm. he's going to just like be a thousand yeah. percent. I love that about Kenny. I just love it. He's such a passionate guy. So, uh, so he called me up and said, Hey, listen, I'm going to do this movie. And, um, it's, um, it's a musical and it takes place in high school. Um, we're calling it high school musical because we can't, we haven't come up with a name yet. And, um, it's just, a, it's a little musical. It's going to be on the Disney channel. No one's going to see it, but it's going to shoot in Utah. And I know you have some family up there, like come with us. We'll have yeah. a lot of fun. And I said, okay, okay, I'll do it. And he said, okay, you have to go read for the, the people over there at universal. So I went and saw Natalie Hart and Jason Lapadura, and um, I went in there and read for it, and I didn't get the part. And they called me back a few days later. I heard Rigged. from Kenny. He said, hey, what happened? What happened? I'm like, I, I don't know. I went in there and just read for it. They said, well, you're too young. They said, you acted like a kid. What did you wear? And I'm like, uh, T-shirt, jeans? He's like, okay, listen, you're, you're playing the dad of this kid. His name is Zach Efron. I'm like, well, who's that? He's like, well, he's too old to be your son. So you need to go in. Like, put on a sports coat. I'm going to get you back in there. I'm going to get you a screen test. I'm like, oh, geez, okay. So he gets a screen test set up at Universal. He's really pushing for me. And he said, I'm going to uh, put some gray in your hair and put put a suit jacket on there and act like an adult. And I, I think I have a tendency to be, like, super immature in general, <laughs> I think. So um, I'm like, all? okay, yeah, no, no problem, no problem. Like, like, I didn't have a script. I didn't know who I didn't know who I was playing. I didn't know the, I didn't know any of the characters. I didn't know anything. So I just knew I was, like, way too old to have it. I mean, I didn't even have kids at this point. And so yeah. uh, I said, okay, uh, let's, I'll, I'll go back in and um, just went back in and just kind of played it more serious, you know, dressed appropriate and like, that's it. Got, got the part right away. So that was it. And then shuttled off to Utah and, and uh, watching the movie. And then, this, and then this really cool thing happened. So it was, no one expected this to be a big fat movie. You know, the Disney yeah. was, the intention was to make one movie. So no one was under contract. Everybody thought it was just a one-off. And we're in Utah and we're shooting this movie and Kenny's just doing his magic. You know, he's just painting the canvas here, just like making this, making this, the screen just full of energy. I mean, it's beautiful. And I remember we were shooting stick to the status quo and we were in the auditorium or not the auditorium. We were in the cafeteria and everybody's coming down the stairs and everybody's dancing and flipping and jumping off the tables. And like the choreography is just like, it's magical. 
And then he would, Kenny, the whole time it's going on, he, he'd look at the monitor and he's, his assistants, his uh, choreography assistants would be next to him, um, Chucky and Bonnie Story. And they, yeah. they would say, he would write the screen, goes, okay, now this is, and I'm going to have her do this and then do this. This is while the scene's going, while it's going, bah, 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 do this here, this here. And making, I don't know, a hundred changes during just that two minute song. Yeah. And then they'd say, cut, then everybody go to work and bah, 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 do notes and everybody's working on the thing, just really quick. Music starts back up and it's like magic. It's amazing. And it was so incredible. It was so beautiful. And, and what we saw was like, like I remember sitting in Video Village with the other actors because everybody would come and, and, you know, stick around and watch. Yeah. It's such a fun show to watch. And uh, we're looking at each other going, this is, hang on a second. This is, something's going on here. This is yeah. not your, not, I'm, no one thought it was going to turn into a billion dollar, you know, a franchise. phenomenon. Yeah, still, yeah, yeah. That was still a surprise. But that was the first indication of like, this is much bigger than yeah. what it appears to be uh-huh so like, that was i think for me that was the first time I, I felt like there's some there's something really special going on there was a, a rumor running around about high school musical and i think you are one of three or four people that could tell us whether it's true did um coach bolton and miss darbus have a duet <laughs> yes they had a duet why was that cut well i don't know i don't really know um it was it was sort of like um anything you can do i can do better you know, Annie, get your gun kind of song where they like, they went at it, the battle. Oh, it's so great. And, um, and Disney decided that they didn't want to see it. They didn't want, they didn't want uh, the adults to have a number. They didn't oh, want. Look at that Disney being wrong. Oh <laughs> uh, no, that would, that would have been iconic. And it would have just, cause the two characters are iconic. And that's what I want to talk to you about next, because there's one line in the film that I, uh, did you know that when you walked down those aisle of the theater and said what are those two doing in a tree what did you think that would be quoted for 15 years <laughs> man i'll tell you it's been it's really interesting because i still remember reading the script and i remember reading that line and thinking about like how i, I want to make that really important to me like i want to make it like i want to be like i don't want to come and say what are, what are you doing what why are they in a, you know because i could have easily just said what are they doing in a tree like what, what's going on yeah. You know, and underplayed it, which maybe that's how it was intended. I don't know. But um, the way I saw it was like, no, I'm going to be at a level. If it's a level one to 10, they want to be a be like a level five. I'm taking it to a 12. You know, I'm going to yeah. just be like out of my mind that they were in that tree. <laughs> so so I, I just played it that way. And I, I didn't know if, if Kenny was going to go for it, if he's going to let me do that or not. But um, I, so I just came in with that. I just came in really hard with it just because I thought this is insane. These are my yeah. star players. I got a championship <laughs> game here. Anyway, um, I say it all it. the time, like, and it, not even regarding two people. Like, I'll just say, it, look at something, and I'll be like, "What are those two doing in a tree?" <laughs> that was my terrible impression. Please do not sue me. Hey, um, greatest compliment of my life is how people respond to that line. It is <laughs> seriously uh, an honor. I appreciate it very much. Um, the one last thing I wanted um, to talk to you about High School Musical is. Um, I am very strongly opinionated on this and I actually had a conversation about it today and based a whole podcast episode around it not long ago. Do you agree that Sharpay is the real victim of High School Musical? The real victim? Well, I mean, she's put all of this work into this drama club and then these two people come along and they're late to the audition and they don't even audition properly and then they get the leads. So there's a, so yes, there's the theory going on. It still um, happens. I think there's something to it. I think there is something to it that, uh, I mean, they've worked their whole entire lives. They've been very supportive. They're <laughs> trying to help. He's, 
Sharpie's trying to help Troy um, after, you know, he didn't, she didn't talk him into signing up for it. You know, no. Sharpie didn't. But once he's in, she wants him to do a great job. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I think there's something to it. So I saw I think- that one years ago and have agreed with it 110% forever. And then I yeah. saw one recently and it's more based along the whole series of films because then in t- two, Sharpe gets him a job at the uh, country club where right. all these people are going to be, that he needs to right. make connections to go to um, college. So yeah, um, uh, justice for Sharpe, hashtag team Sharpe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love... I love Sharpay. I love her character. I think she's just like, so like full tilt, like full send. I, I like that personally. Like, I love that more than anything, but it's true. It's true. It's not like she was trying to use him. Um, she was trying to look out for him. I think there's something to it. And I think high school musical four should absolutely make that a big part of the storyline. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Mm, get Gabriella to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, actually, I wanted to ask you about it as well. What do you think of High School Musical, the musical, the series? Uh, I think it's um, from what I've seen of it, and I've, I'm doing, I'm, I haven't seen a lot of it, to be honest with you, um, because it, it was, I, I really like the people involved, and the, from what I've seen, like insanely talented uh, singers and performers. Tim, the guy that's running the show, is doing a great job. There was, there were several renditions of the series. And I really liked some of them. You know, one of them was about, you know, it was like soccer was going to be a big part of it. I, I coach soccer in real life. So I, I really, uh, soccer is my sport, man. I know, I know soccer. Like I would, I would have loved that. Um, I talked to David Beckham about being in the, in high school musical four because his kids really liked high school music. So it was like, you know, I was all over it. And then there was another one where I was going to be the vice principal. So I was the vice principal. There's like going to be a little power struggle there with the, uh, you know, with, with, the. Uh, the whole athletic department and the, you know what, like there's some really great stuff. There's some really great stuff. I think it was a missed opportunity. Well, this one came along and I was like, okay, they're, I see what they're doing. They're staying in the high school musical world, but they don't have to like, you know, have to deal with the same characters and the storyline and everything else. They yeah. kind of use the environment, the building, and, and they get to regurgitate all the songs and all the dance moves and everything, and, you know, kind of like lean into what all the fans want to see without having to, you know, be respectful of the current uh, characters and storylines and everything else. So it's like, okay, it's pretty clever. It's a pretty clever way to do it. Personally, I think that show has too much Darvis and not enough coach. There's no, yes. there's no like, you know what I mean? Like there's not like, like I, and, and I mean this with all due respect and love. It's like, they're all theater people. I get it. But like, where's the sports team? Where's the yeah. conflict? Where's the, you know, it, it, it needs that like, it needs a little bit of that ump kind of stuff. Not one person has been bullied for signing up for the school show. And I you just know, believe it's you know, life. I think people need to see that and deal with it and learn how to, you know, overcome it and everything else. And I'm ready to go, man. I told him, I said, send me in. Let's go. Disney, Don't let's do ready. it. But we're going to play a game now, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And these are stories, crazy drama school stories that have been sent in by the listeners. And one is made up by our producer, Heather. So we've got three. Two are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And one is a big fat lie. And it's our job to find out which one is the lie. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope. So we're ready to go and we'll play along together. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There's three. St- I want to hear three stories. Three stories. One true. Two of them are true. So they're stage right. One's a big fat lie, so it's stage shite. Stage shite, okay. <laughs> right. So I love did, you like, did you like what I did there? Stage shite? 
<laughs> I love it. Love it. <laughs> um, so number one, basically, he is the drama. A boy in my acting class cheated on his girlfriend with me. It was quite the scandal. But in our production, I was unintentionally by the director cast as a woman who was having an affair with one of the other character's husbands. And guess who was playing the wife of the man I was having an affair with? My boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. Safe to say there were a lot of tense moments and that made it the even bigger scandal that it ended up becoming. Wow. Oh, Number two. That's good. Beer makes me feel so gassy. And on the last night of our show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, my scene partner, who also happens to be my best mate, swapped out our non-alcoholic beers for real ones. And for the whole last scene, I couldn't stop burping. It was a comedy, though, so we got away with it. Number three. <laughs> My lecturer asked me to dye my hair for our production, and one of the girls in my class did it for me. But for some reason, my hair reacted with the dye, and it started to fall out. I had to shave it down to a skinhead, and to be honest, I was more upset that for six months, while I was 19, I looked like my 55-year-old dad. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm thinking maybe number one, because I can see, like, so I would swap out a beer if it was my best mate. I mean, like last show, we'll have a real beer. You you do stuff like that in theater for sure. Yeah. That's a that's a common thing. Switch out drinks and yeah. do those kind of kind of pranks. But yeah, I'm saying number two is true. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I think that's that's common. Mm. I gotta say though, number one, that seems like an elaborate. That's pretty elaborate to make up. Mm, yeah, it's it's my co-producer. Your co um, your co-producer wrote the story. Wrote number one. Yeah, well, she makes up the lie. I don't know if it's number one. Oh, 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 got you, got you. She made up the lie. Oh, oh gotcha. Mm. Oh, no, oh, wait there. I know which one it is. <laughs> Number one happened. I can't believe I didn't realize that. Number uh, one happened. It was two girls in my producer's acting man. class. Yeah, so number three's got to be the lie, because I know that number it's one happened. It's got to be the lie. Number three's got to be the lie. The beer oh. is, is something that totally happens. Number one, that's too complicated and <laughs> Right, I don't know how... I story I didn't click on it. I'm going to tell you the story. So I was um, a stagehand on this show. It was Muddy Cows by John Godber. On and this one? On the one that you're talking about? I am 90% sure that this is the story. <laughs> so it was Muddy Cows by John Godber, and I was a stagehand. And uh, my best friend and co-producer was the lead role. And there was two girls in her class. One had cheated on somebody else's boyfriend with them. And the lecturer, who I love dearly, can't believe that I didn't click onto this, didn't know about it and like didn't know about the drama and <laughs> cast and cast them in those parts where one of them the girl that actually had an um, they weren't married so i'm going to say affair in air quotes um was playing the character that was having the affair and it was genuinely like you could hear a pin drop <laughs> and i remember brilliant. at the end of the run we told the lecturer and the lecturer was like oh fuck <laughs> um so yeah, number I'm saying I'm sticking with number two is true. I know number one happened. I was there, so it's got to be three. I'm with 100, 100 right. with you. I'm, I'm going to open the envelope. Let's if I'm do not it. right after confident. I've just done that. Yeah. Maybe um we'll <laughs> maybe we'll cut this segment from future episodes. Uh, number three, we got it right. We got it right. We did it. We did it. I mean, I just outsmarted people. Um, 
but we come to the end of the podcast now thank you so much for coming on i've genuinely had such an amazing time talking to you bit of a surreal moment not gonna lie i, I grew up awesome. watching you and all that so it's been genuinely amazing to get to know you a little bit more where can everyone find you on social media uh thank you so much for the kind words by the way and it's been an absolute pleasure you're the best i, I oh. really enjoyed talking to you and, and before i just say where you guys can find me just want to say like to all your listeners out there to my wildcats to all you all you wildcats out there have been like with us and with this movie and the cast and all the love and the support and everything i i feel so genuinely blessed it's such a privilege it's such an honor that's why I don't shy away from it. Like I lean into being the coach. I'm all your, I'll, I'm your guys coach for the rest of your life. Like I'm here for it. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the, all the wonderful messages and the support. You guys are awesome. Um, I'm on social media everywhere. Bart underscore Johnson um, on TikTok. Like TikTok's my new love. Like that's been really a lot TikTok. of fun. That's, that's kind of started as like, kind of like a throwback account and kind of like just doing some other stuff, but um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's all Bart underscore Johnson. Please check it out. And, I'm going to be launching my new website, I think, today, which is bartjohnson.com. All so, in the description box below. Are you in? Um, are you on Cameo? Cameo? Um, anything like that? I'm on Cameo, yeah. yeah but, I'm but, on Cameo, but, absolutely. Bart, Cameo. Bart will tell you that you're yeah. a Wildcat, so give him some money and, you know, if you can. Um, but thank you so much for coming <laughs> on. Genuinely, I've had um, a great time chatting with you. And I hope that you and your entire family and all your loved ones make it through the rest of this shitty pandemic as safely as possibly. Um, also, I always tell anyone, you're in Scotland. I know where to get cheap vodkas. So let me know. First round's on me. Awesome. Awesome. Not just cheap vodka, cheap good vodka. Like, I'm not going to take it <laughs> shit. But hey, when I come to Scotland, I will definitely look you up. Oh, sure. definitely. Um, first round is on me, but I'll let you get back to real life. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, all the listeners. And uh, guys, remember, we are all in this together. And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 51 completed. Thank you so much to Bart for coming on the podcast. And make sure to follow us both on social media and book cameos, which you'll find all down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps me out so much. You don't even know. And it's completely bloody free remember you can check out all of our previous episodes on our new website www.dramaschooldropout.com and you can also pre-order our brand new drama school dropout merch which is being released on the one year anniversary which is the first of december please remember if you have a story for stage right or stage shite please email us at drama school dropout pod at gmail.com i'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode so make sure to tune back in next tuesday at 6 a.m have a great week stay safe thank you so much for bloody listening bye Drama school dropout No graduation day for you Drama school dropout Fucked your whole course, now try something new Drama school dropout